0: Or what is it that you feel when you feel I? I'll tell you. What do you do when somebody says, pay attention? What is uh, the difference between looking at something and taking a hard look at it? Or between hearing something and listening intently? What's the difference? What's the difference between waiting while something goes on and enduring it? Why the difference is this, that when you pay attention, instead of just looking, you screw up your face, you frown and stare. That is a muscular activity around here. When you will, you grit your teeth or clench your fists. When you endure or control yourself, you pull yourself together physically, and therefore you get uptight. You hold your breath. You do all kinds of muscular things to control the functioning of your nervous system. That's what you feel when you say I. You feel that chronic tension because when an organ is working properly, you don't feel it. If you see your eye, you've got cataract. (laughs) If you hear your ears, you've got singing in your ears, you know, getting in the way of hearing. When you are fully functioning, you are unaware of the organ. When you're thinking clearly, your brain isn't getting in your way. Actually, of course, you are seeing your eyes in the sense that everything you see out in front of you is a condition in the optic nerves at the back of the skull. That's where you're aware of all this. But you're not aware of the eye as the eye. I'm talking about the optical eye. So when we are aware of the ego eye, we are aware of this chronic tension inside ourselves. And that's not us, it's a futile tension. So when we get the illusion, the image of ourselves married to a futile tension, you've got an illusion married to a futility. (laughs) Why I feel in the face of all the problems of the world, impotent and why I somehow cannot manage to transform I. Now here we get to the real problem. Because we're always telling each other that we should be different. Now I'm not going to tell you that tonight. Why not? Because I know you can't be. Nor can I. That may sound depressing, but I'll show you it isn't. It's very heartening. But everybody, you see, who is at all sensitive and awake to their own problems and human problems is trying to change himself. We know we can't change the world unless we change ourselves. If we are all individually selfish, we're going to be collectively selfish. If we don't really love people and only pretend to, somehow we've got to find a way to love. After all, it's said in the Bible, thou shalt love the Lord thy God and your neighbor as yourself you must love yeah we all agree sure but we don't in fact one psychologist very smartly asked a patient with whom are you in love against (laughs) you're gonna have to sit for a long time and you're gonna get the sorest legs it's hard work all you wretched kids who think you're getting rid of your ego on part or something or other and uh, easy yoga, you don't know what you're in for when it really comes down to the nitty gritty. Well, you know, the biggest ego trip going is getting rid of your ego. <laughs> and the joke of it all is your ego doesn't exist. <laughs> There's nothing to get rid of. It's an illusion as i tried to explain but you still want to ask how to stop the illusion now who's asking (laughs) i mean do you think in the ordinary sense in which you use the word i how can i stop identifying myself with the wrong me (laughs) well the answer is simply you can't Now the Christians put this in their way when they say that mystical experience is a gift of divine grace. Man as such cannot achieve this experience. It is a gift of God, and if God doesn't give it to you, there's no way of getting it. Now that is solidly true. You can't do anything about it because you don't exist. so so sad. But it's not. This is the gospel, the good news. Because if you cannot achieve it, if you cannot transform yourself, that means that the main obstacle to mystical vision has collapsed. That was you. What happens? You can't do anything about it. You're at your wit's end. What are you going to do? Commit suicide? But supposing you just put that off for a little while. Wait and see what happens. You can't control your thoughts. You can't control your feelings. Because there is no controller. You are your thoughts and your feelings. And they're running along, running along, running along. Just sit and watch them. There they go, you're still breathing aren't you? Still growing your hair? Still seeing and hearing? Are you doing that? I mean, is is breathing something that you do? (laughs) Do you see? I mean, do you organize the operations of your eyes? Know exactly how to work those rods and cones in the retina? Do you do that? It's a happening. It happens. So you can feel all this happening. Your breathing is happening. Your thinking is happening. Your feeling is happening. Your hearing, you're seeing. The clouds are happening across the sky. The sky is happening blue. The sun is happening shining. There it is. All this happening. And may I introduce you? This is yourself. This begins to be A vision of who you really are.
1: I still don't get it and I can't let go of it. I... 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 Because I'm trying to get it and I'm trying to control it. That's why I'm not getting it. Does that make sense?
0: It. But the, therefore, to improve myself. But the, the self that needs to be improved is the one that is doing the improving. And so I'm rather stuck. I find out the reason that I think I believe, say, in God, is that I sure hope that somehow God will rescue me. In other words, I want to hang on to my own existence. And I feel rather shaky about doing that for myself, but I just hope there's a God who'll take care of it. Or if I could be loving, I would have a better opinion of myself. I'd feel better about it. I could face myself, as people say if I were more loving. So, the unloving me somehow by some gimmickry has to turn itself into a loving me and this is just like trying to lift yourself off the ground with your own bootstraps. It can't be done. And that's why religion in practice mainly produces hypocrisy. And guilt. Because of the constant failure of these enterprises. Oh, people go and study Zen. And they come back and say, wow, getting rid of your ego is a superhuman task.
1: When I was at my deepest in my anorexic self, um, my average clothing size was two to four UK. Do you know what that is? That is a child's size. And uh, mostly... uh, (laughs) Uh, I remember going uh, going out shopping for clothes, and uh, I would end up buying from the kids section things like underwear, and because nothing else f- really fit me from 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 the female section. Um, so it's just it's just really sad, um, and now I think I'm somewhere so the thing about clothes is that the upper size of your body will be different in size to your bottom lower part of your body so my st- here I'm still a size maybe four and the lower uh, the bottom bit is probably a six a six but then I still have uh, some leggings from before which are size four that still fit me perfectly fit me so uh, again very low size to the average size per country the average size in female uh, is a female size is uh, probably 14 to 16 so yeah and the biggest irony uh, with anorexia is that when you are skinny enough is not enough uh, and you are ill and then when you look at yourself you you, you seem like you are too ill and uh, you're you know your the parts within your body are in constant conflict with on one another your brain is going against your stomach and your stomach is going against your overall body and uh, everything is in non-alignment and disaligned and this this wobbled and disjointed and it takes overall uh, quite a bit of weight gain or, or we don't really like to call it gain but it's more weight uh, restored weight to, to um, achieve a state of holistic and overall maybe uh, stabilization I wouldn't even call it health, but only after you've been actually physically stabilised and mentally stabilised, you can receive a certain um, kind of, you can from there move into a space of health and uh, conscious um, functionality, if that makes sense.
2: in the theater, and I was backstage one night, and I was feeling a little down, and I listened to one of your recordings, and you told a girl that in order for the love of her life to come in, all she had to do was just think about blue glass and butterflies. And I was thinking, well, what is my blue glass? Like, What would that mean for me? And it wasn't even a second after I thought that. I looked up, and I was surrounded by blue light bulbs. They were all turned off, so they weren't even calling out to me, you know, it wasn't like I was showered in blue light, it's just they were right there, so, yeah. that, yeah. Well, the universe is
3: abundant with evidence of your power, and in any moment that you stop working against your own power, then the universe says, here you go, here you go, here you go, here you go, here you go. Yeah. Isn't that nice? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I found you in March, and my life has done a complete 180. I have a job that I love. I got an agent. All of these things that mattered very much to me started manifesting. My issue is this. Because, and let's talk about why before we start. Before I I put all the rocks on the
3: trail. And the reason for that is because your vortex had all of these things in it already. All gestated already for you, and something that you began hearing as you began listening to us caused you to be in the receptive mode where you began letting more of those things in. That's all that it was. So you can do that with anything, but issues are harder, aren't they? Yeah. Because something in me thinks that certain issues are bigger than blue light bulbs. But here's the question that we have for you before you get into it. So these things that began happening
2: are you saying you weren't worried about them? You weren't working against them? I just decided to chill out. So you were before. I was thinking very hard about agents, relationships, money job that I like, fulfillment. So
3: you decided to chill out, and you just did that again? I just did it right Sitting now. there, you just said, I've just decided just to accept that it's probably not going to
2: happen, and I'm not going to die. It's OK. That's exactly what I, I thought. You know what? I'll be OK, because I'm getting a lot of wisdom, and it's, it's happening anyway. So what is the issue and how can you apply the same thing to that?
3: Go off and think about it on your own.
2: <laughs> I have a... <laughs> there is a co-creator in my life who has really taught me about unconditional love. Like, I've really had to learn that because of this. And.
3: So are you in the same position that our friend is, that it's so up close that you just
2: can't ignore it? I think a little bit. This is what happens. every time Is that I... person under your chair? <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Very, very close. Every time I come into alignment, this person comes into my life and we have this beautiful season together of just bliss and playing with each other. Exactly what you were describing where just the best of yourself comes out and plays with the other person and you, you don't really need anything from them other than just you're creating together. So that's happened like three times. And then something happens where one of us gets scared or one of us wants to, you know, I like you so much, I need to nail you down. Like, I need to like, let's make this something. And it just, it, it gets rickety, it gets rickety
3: because it's so charged, so. Does it feel to you that you are the nailer downer or is the
2: other? The first time I think it was them, it's been both of us, but lately it's been me and I actually. Let's clarify this. So it goes along
3: and it goes really good and then I do this thing that doesn't work and then it doesn't go good. So Abraham, I need your advice.
2: What was the last thing So,
3: Abraham, I need your advice. So it goes along, it goes really good. Oh, so good. And then I do this thing that always ruins it. So, Abraham, I need your advice. And we say, just don't do that thing that ruins it. And you even told us what it was. You told us exactly what it was. And it's the thing you didn't do in the chair just now. You almost did it, and then you stopped doing it because you know it doesn't work, so you stopped doing it. So you stop doing it relative to an agent, you stop doing it relative to that, you stop doing
2: it relative to that, you know how to stop doing it, why don't you stop doing it relative to this? In my mind it's bigger. I want it. I actually want this more than I won't even want.
3: Wait, you want that more than being in the hot seat with us? Oh. <laughs>
1: You know, I really need people to uh, start becoming more aware and uh, educate themselves on the subject of eating disorders and how to communicate and dynam- uh, uh, develop dynamics with people with severe eating disorders and body body image issues. Uh, I really need people to stop saying to uh, people who are suffering with um, something called anorexia nervosa or bulimia or a combination of both or any other odd so-called odd eating disorders i really need people to stop making comments related to their physical appearance because that is the illness that they are struggling with they are struggling with a severe life distorting uh condition uh, r- uh that only revolves around their physical appearance and how other people see them Uh, which uh, totally manipulates how they see themselves and vice versa. I really need people to stop saying things like, oh, but you look good, though. You look healthy. Um, Yeah, uh, when you say that to someone with with anorexia nervosa, um, uh, who's terribly struggling to keep themselves alive, um, what it does, it triggers the anorexic self even more to... um, Uh, Take over and manipulate that person's life. So when you say things like, you look healthy, that means that they are not thin enough. When you say things like, uh, well, you look very good, you look sexy, you look... Again, that means that they are not thin enough. So, um, 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 uh, 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 yes, um, I I do agree that um, the person will stop getting triggered when their illness is fully healed and cancelled out you know with the help of therapists and hospital treatment and but in the meantime i really need people to not make any positive slash negative i know i'm shouting um but i'm very 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 triggered at the moment and um uh, i know a lot of people who are suffering uh, with eating disorders relate to what i'm saying because we are struggling uh in the worst The the worst part of recovery is other people, that's the worst part of recovery, hell is other people as Descartes once said Um, and um, 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 you will never speak to an anorexic who is critically thin because that anorexic is not walking around, uh, that anorexic is on a hospital bed uh, fed via uh, uh, liquid, uh, you know, fed liquid uh, uh, nutrients and vitamins. Uh, you will never get to speak to an anorexic who is, uh, uh, you know, that uh, BMI is lower than, uh, you know, the, uh, a, a child, a child's BMI, because that anorexic is dead or very close to death and in a hospital or in recovery at home, in bed. So, um, again, not really in bed because that doesn't really apply because anorexia involves a lot of movement, but yes, yes. I really need people to, uh, to become more sensitive to others. We don't care about uh, 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 your... Um, um, we, we don't want your criticism we 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 are already barely barely uh uh, trying to maintain a minimum of um you know of uh of 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 kind not even healthy weight but mass weight uh body weight to to just be enough uh so that we don't Uh, you know, we don't self-harm and, you know, we can carry out certain daily activities Um, so, you know, the the brain kind of has a a minimum of cognitive capacity to carry out certain activities in a day so I really need you to learn and educate yourself keep your mouth shut if you do not know what to say just keep it shut reduce it to a minimum and that's it and uh, if you yourself think you're, that you're struggling with eating, don't rely on the anorexic to, to resolve your issue. Just go to a doctor, you know. I just, I just want you to go and see a doctor yourself. Don't, um, yeah. Yes, uh, I, I agree that uh, we can raise awareness, uh, but uh, make it easier for us to do so. Thank you. It's funny how, um, straight people, uh, straight people who are homophobic, uh, they have the audacity to wear designer clothes that were stitched, hand-stitched by gay people. And, uh, I don't really see, uh, <laughs> I don't really see any logic in that. I don't. I don't. Yeah. So this is why we need the gays to get involved with our society. And dress the straight. Because the straights walk around <laughs> uh, with no sense of, of uh, themselves. And a sense of style. And uh, just sense of awareness. Or dignity straight people are sick and they don't make that much money either
0: now you see it's true we mustn't give the show away that's why there are esoteric teachings but on the other hand there is another opposite extreme uh, which is not realizing that the show is a show and that's as bad as giving the show away so you have always when you are in the theater say you go to the movies and you go to see some <clears throat> great horror movie you know awful thing well why does one do it you want a thrill and the whole of the universe wants a thrill that's what it's all about otherwise it would be boring but when you go to the movie you know in your heart of hearts that it's only a movie. And yet you contrive to some degree to forget this while you're there. And therefore get scared and uh, feel real creeps. But that's great. Some people like to go and cry. They go and see some tragedy and just love to weep. Because it's a catharsis. It uh, gets all the salt out of you or something. I don't know. And uh, uh, so uh, you, 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 you do this thing. And uh, it is, we can say it's vicarious. Yeah. But that is the spirit of showmanship, of play. So one might say then that uh, it is possible in this life to attain a sort of metaphysical courage in which you are, you know, really know deep within that the most harrowing experiences that physical existence can offer are a show. Uh,
1: Another actress who used the method acting um, to support her role is Angelina Jolie in, um, the film called Gia, she, uh, impersonated, uh, an Italian supermodel, who, uh, died of an, uh, heroin overdose, um, and, uh, he was very highly paid at that time, I think it was late 80s, um, and, um, after the 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 role i think she did she was she offered an oscar i think so yeah um for the role so after her her role um she she exhibited some some crazy some crazy uh behaviors um first of all her physical appearance completely changed because when you become this other person that you're impersonating whether it's for your own benefit because you want to mend the gap between yourself as the central point of focus and this part within you um whether you know you want to reach uh kind of not a compromise because compromise means i take a little bit of pain and you take a little bit of pain but um kind of uh, get to know this other part within you so that the conflict that exists is not subdued and silent but it's uh that's interesting. Live on stage. I'm talking about me- method acting. Um, is how how relevant is that? Um, so um, so whether it's done for your own benefit in therapy, because the split between these two parts occurred as a result of trauma. Whether and you, and you want to integrate these two parts within you with the adult self in order for you to be able to move forward, uh, or You do it uh, for the sake of a film uh, because you were invited to do so, or you, yeah. But then, even in my opinion, for example, the case of Heath Ledger, uh, I think within him there was already a Joker within. So, so there was that already existed, and uh, I think the film um, and uh, him being offered the role uh it just brought it even more to the surface whereby he couldn't find uh he, he couldn't find peace he could uh he could he couldn't um i guess uh oh, i think he fully fully explored uh this joker part within him but i don't think he managed to um to find a, a mutual agreement between himself a uh, heath ledger and uh, this part within him and uh i think yes at first it was by choice uh t- that he um started ch- channeling it uh, for this role, and then, uh, after that, I guess, it just, uh, it just became, uh, he became possessed, and he started living his life, and his personal life, uh, from, uh, only from, 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 you know, uh, the the, the Joker's filter, um, with this filter on, so, um, yeah, it's very interesting method acting is is very very interesting and um yes uh, again angelina jolie and gia gia marie karanji uh is another example yeah